Are you struggling to contribute at Trivia Night? Do you find that the subjects of high school tend to cause you fright? Not to worry, we've got a solution of sorts A variety of topics and comedic retorts Your mind's awake, but your body's at ease When you're listening to Topical Breeze Please, come right in Sit right here, the doctor will be with you soon Danke Ach. So Sorry, I know that you're waiting for the doctor, but um, <laughs> I figured we could make some small talk. Have you um, anyone in your life? Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, a tremendous amount of pain. Pain. Pain, yes. Yeah. I figured as much as. And right now, I, f I, I think I, I just need some privacy. Privacy? I don't know. I'm like a Swiss German. There's a lot going on here. I'm like kind of French right now. That's okay. Um, well, oh, look, the doctor is here. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Yes, it is I. Ich bin ein Doktor. Ah. So, um, hello, doctor. What, <laughs> what pales you today? What pales me? Pains you. Oh, pains. Yes. Sorry. We are all German, but we, we, we are also learning a little English. This is correct. Um, well, doctor... I what ails you today? Very good, very good. <laughs> How you say I have a... Uh no, you can say it in German if it's easier oh, for you. Okay, I have a mesh schlong. <laughs> There's only one prescription for you. Oh, yes, what is that? Helga! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're going to stop that there. Welcome back to Topical Breeze, everybody. So, I've already asked if you had anyone in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and now I see it could be me. That's true. Yeah. Well. Helga's the nurse whore. Jesus. Ho I guess, well, whore nurse. Uh, sure, man. But she's a nurse by trade. Oh, right. Or by hobby. By choice. <laughs> um, Sophie's choice. Jesus. Well, this is Topical Breeze, <laughs> the podcast where two teachers take turns uh, uh, explaining topics. Something like Back that. Back and forth, alternating topics and hosts every week. Right. This week, it's my episode. It's Nathan. And that's your name? Huh? What's your name? Hello. Ich bin ein Doktor. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Put him away. <laughs> Did you fart? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andy. That's no, it's Andy. Yeah. Uh, and this, I already explained it. Right. Um, this week, <laughs> we've done this before. Like yeah. we're, yeah, plenty we're, of times. Right. Uh, this week is a science episode. That's right. So, uh, you know that we'll be digging into some some Ew. interesting <laughs> topics. Hey man, hey. you love science. I love. Yeah. Okay. I'll take your word. You're gonna for love it. this science. Okay. Okay. Uh, the you're title gonna love this. You're gonna <laughs> love this science. <laughs> the title of today's episode is "Mad Psychologists." So now, not mad scientists. Okay. But mad psychologists. Okay. 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 So Sigmund Freud. Uh, that would have been a good one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no. But no. Okay. He wasn't really mad. He was just kind of fucking perverse. I he guess. wasn't perverse. He revolutionized psychology. Yeah. Founded it, dare I say. No, not at all. Not even close. Well, <laughs> that's a matter of opinion. It's not. <laughs> well. <laughs> sure, man. Uh, today we're going to take a look at uh, two specific uh, psychological experiments uh, and their implications oh. and how they were carried out i think i know what we're talking about what do you think andy S uh, stanford prison experiment okay that's the second one so okay. we'll get to that one in a little is the bit. first one the electric shock thing yeah 
Wow, dude, we're on the same page. So we're going to get started with what is known as the Milgram experiment. The Pilgrim experiment. Nope. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if I've said this before. Fuck the Pilgrims. They didn't I, do shit. I'm sure we've said it before. They didn't do fucking shit say, for anybody. I'll say it again. Fuck the Pilgrims. That's right. Plymouth Rock my ass. <laughs> Sorry, I put you Plymouth put what? Rock. Uh, the oh Milgram boy. experiment uh, was designed and carried out by one Stanley Milgram. Um, <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> who was rated as the, I think he was the 46th most cited, most cited psychologist of the 1900s. Okay, so good for him. Rare company here. Yeah, uh, wow, cool. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the purpose of the Milgram experiment was to take a look at... Uh, how people respond to authority, Okay. basically. And uh, the question becomes, do they? What do you mean? Did they respond to authority? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, most certainly. Spoiler alert. Most certainly, I should say. <laughs> most certainly. Um, so this experiment yeah. was beginning, <laughs> beginning, excuse me, was begun uh, in 1961, uh, who intended to measure the willingness of participants to obey an authority figure who instructed them to perform acts that would go against uh, or somehow conflict with their personal conscience or what they believed to be right. Um, okay. The idea for this, um, the whole reason that he designed this whole experiment was based off of the trials of Nazi Germany war criminals. Oh, uh, so a lot of the defenses in like the Nuremberg trials and the trials of former Nazis, yeah. were, we were just following orders, right? Okay, sure. That's a common right explanation, right? In quotes yeah. for the actions we were just of many orders. Nazis. Yeah. So those dirty, dirty Nazis. Old Milgram here, old Stan, <laughs> wanted to quantify or measure how much does an authority figure giving an order impacts a person's actions. I didn't know. I, I don't think I ever knew this, that that this was in response to this. Like, kind yeah. of, I don't, that's really interesting. It was, and there's some problems with that. We'll talk about those in a little bit later, okay. drawing the connections. Did, it, did it have an impact? I mean, did it have, like, like... Like the result of the experiment? On... On the way that we saw Nazi war criminals? Like, did it have any actual impact on that, or is it no. purely psychological? Not really. Okay. Like, if you know the results of the of the test, we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. It. We'll talk about it later. Okay. We'll talk about I it. I trust later. you. All right. Take me down. Um, the experiments were held at Yale University. Yale. In a basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Pitbull, right? Yale. <laughs> Mister Three O Five. What is 305? Is that the area code for Miami? It is. <laughs> you didn't That's know that? That's so funny. You didn't know Mr. 305? I, I, Mr. Worldwide? I, I certainly do now. Yeah, come on. Get up on your lore. <laughs> your pit bull lore. <laughs> All right, so this experiment was planned um, uh, with... Uh, here's the basics of it. Okay. Here. There are three people uh, that are in the, in the room or adjacent to this experiment. There okay. is... The experimenter, the person in the lab coat running the whole thing. Right. Okay. Um, there is the learner, which is going to be someone in a separate room, and it's actually an actor. Okay. And then the people that are actually being tested or measured are called the teachers, and they are brought in and given instructions to um, like give things to the person in the other room that they're supposed to learn. And then, based on their response, d um, do something to the the person in the other room. So, uh, what they had, they had the actor um, and the uh, observant, or I guess participant, coming at the same time. Um, so the 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 actor is the quote unquote learner, right? And the 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 person who were is conducting the study on is, is the actually teacher. the teacher. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, so they had those two people come in uh, to the room. They say, okay, we're going to start the experiment. I have two pieces of paper. One of these says you'll be the learner. One of these says you'll be the teacher. So they both say teacher so that the actor is always going to be in the other room and the person that we actually want to look at is going to be in the room with the 
um, experimenter. They both say teacher. Sorry, back up. What? They come in. They have two pieces of paper. They say, here, th- pick a piece of paper. It'll tell you what role you play. Oh, 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 oh. The I missed the paper part. Yeah. Okay, so so both of the papers say teacher. Yeah. So but no matter what the te- the participant opens it's up to, to make it oh, look to make it look like it's a random the actor's in on it. So he's gonna open it up and say, Oh, oh I'm the yeah, learner. I'm the learner. Right. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um. So they take them in. They are told before the session has started. Yeah. That this is a scientific study of memory and learning. Um. That they're gonna be split into learner and teacher, and then I gotta find the other thing. That they said uh, they were promised that the person the, they they were promised that no one was under like any not genuine physical pain but any life threatening danger before the there was no life threatening danger. That's what you say. Right. Okay. Okay. So if you know anything about the study, you know what's happening. But uh, they bring the teacher into the room. There's a big uh, panel that's set up with, uh, it's a shock generator. Okay. And it ranges from slight shock uh, to danger severe shock. And there's specific numbers for how many volts that each button is. Uh, and the their job was to give a list of words to the learner. I don't remember the specific procedure, but um, the person in the other room was supposed to remember them and repeat them back. Okay. Okay. And um, so they did it, and whenever they would get one wrong, they would receive a shock. And every, like, three times that they got it wrong, the level of the shock increased. Okay. So they were told that this is to see... You know, how memory and learning is impacted by potential consequences or physical pain. But really, the experiment is about how far will the person in the room go in administering these shocks to the theoretical. Because eventually it's going to start hurting. Supposedly. All all of them should hurt from slight shock to the end. But the end of the. uh, mechanisms is danger severe shock. So the the teacher sees that it says that. The yeah. teacher sees it yeah. says danger severe yeah, that shock. That is labeled on the machine. That's so fucked up. And the whole time I'm guessing, I think it, I've seen clips of like more modern versions yes. of this. The quote unquote doctor yes. who's like doing the experiment mm-hmm. is like prodding the teacher to keep going. There is a list of specific responses that the experimenter is supposed to give to the participant any time that they have any questions. This is so fucked up. So at any time... So fucked up. At any time the the teacher indicated a desire to halt the experiment, the the experimenter had four uh, specific um, responses. Okay. So the first time that they um, say anything about... uh, Hey, here, hey, here, we'll hey, do. Why don't hey, we? Hey, listen. This guy is like, I don't know. This feels wrong. I think I, I can we like stop or or something? Please continue. Okay. Um, I really don't. I don't really feel right doing this. Like I, I, like I feel like I'm hurting him. Like I feel like I know you told me it's not gonna die, but I feel like I'm actually hurting him. Like I don't feel. The experiment requires that you continue. Okay, so can you just swap me out with somebody else right now? It is absolutely essential that you continue. It, it's absolutely essential that I, I'm the one that has to do this. Is you it? have no other choice. You must go on. Holy shit. I didn't know it got to that <laughs> point. That's, if, if, that's if part you, of the if script. You, if you say one more thing after that, we're done. The experiment's over. Oh, so I have to refuse five times? Yeah. I have to be stronger than Peter. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> you know that guy in the Bible yeah, who's who famously the Catholic Church. That's cra- <laughs> so so the the experiment would stop if they refused five times. Yeah. Wow. That's it. Um out uh here. There's also a few other prods for specific comments. So uh if the if you were to ask whether the learner might suffer permanent physical harm, 
the response to that is, although the shocks may be painful, there is no permanent tissue damage. So please go on. Wow. And then the other one was, um, if you if if you were like, hey, the guy in the other room clearly wants to stop. My response is, whether the learner likes it or not, you must go on until he has learned all the word pairs correctly. Oh so God. please go on. Oh, my God. So that's the basis of this experiment. Oh, this it is, is chilling. To see how, what the impact of the authority figure, the guy in the lab coat, he was running this experiment, has on how far the... Um, teacher well, he's an actor too then right he's literally just a dude I, in a I lab mean, coat it's, it was like a like a graduate assistant okay. like it was not a prof- like an actual actor okay just somebody that's in on the experiment i guess got it um now obviously the other person the guy in the other room is not actually being shocked correct at all in fact the the and i guess this goes into a little bit more but as you would go up the scale there are pre-recorded um responses i guess or like sounds of the guy in the other room fuck that as you go up the scale would play that's a lot and when if you got to the last three dials i think it was 300 volts 350 no 350 400 450 volts the sounds would stop oh my god Oh, my God. So it sounds like you killed him. That's what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, it kind of implies that, When did the sound it? stop? At the last three dials. Oh, I think it was shit. 350 volts. Oh, shit. Um, the prediction, so going into this study, most of the um, psychologists at Yale, as well as Milgram and some of his other students, for the most part predicted that the majority of people would stop before reaching... The, the dangerous shock voltage levels, right. right? That, you know, we're, we don't want to hurt this other right. person we're in the experiment. A, we're with a us, civilized right? society, you know. Okay, so the, the, predic- the prediction was um, that out of 100 people, somewhere between zero and three people would go all the way to the maximum voltage. Somewhere between zero and three people. That, that was the prediction. Okay. Um. And then this just goes through about uh, the other predictions. Um, they predicted that the 300 volt shock, so that's the the start of the last three. Yeah. Um, only three percent of people. They predicted that only three percent of people would continue to go on after the responses from the other room had stopped. That's I. F- I feel if I was doing this experiment. Yeah. And if I and, and I was like wrapped up in all this. Yeah. When the sounds from the other room stop, mm-hmm. I think I at this point I'm like, well, I killed him already. I might as well. Just <laughs> <keep him." laughs> well he's fucking dead. I there's no arm in shocking a dead horse. You know, I'm yeah. just gonna keep going at this point. I feel like it makes it easier that he's stopped. Okay, fair enough. The results from the uh, experiment um, generally subjects were obviously visibly uncomfortable administering the shocks, especially as they grew in right in number. Um, many displayed uh, various degrees of tension and stress, visibly sweating, trembling, stuttering, um, digging their fingernails into their skin. Some were even having nervous laughing fits or seizures. The the people sho- giving the shocks had seizures. Um, Holy yeah. shit. Uh, 14 of the 40 subjects showed definite signs of nervous laughing or smiling. Oh, my God. Uh, every participant every participant paused the experiment at least once to question it. Most continued after being assured by the experimenter. Oh, my God. So the final numbers, I think, I think everybody but three went all the way to Holy the end shit. Of, of the, the panel. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was by far and away um, the result was people went all the way to the end. Oh, my God. Yeah. Six, uh, sorry, I got that number a little wrong. 65% of people going up to the full 450 volts. Okay, that's still a lot. Every participant went up to 300 oh where the responses God. stopped. Every participant got killed the guy. Well, I mean, killed the guy. Well, you know? yeah, yeah. So they multi. So I was wrong. More people stopped after they killed the guy. Yeah. 
That's when everybody stopped. They already killed the guy. And they're like, I can't do this. Right. No wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's crazy. It's it's wild for sure. Um, the uh, again results of this. It's here's the problem with this experiment. It brought up a lot of ethical questions okay. in terms of conducting experiments. So it has been difficult to replicate ethically since the kind of standards of ethics in especially universities have right. been ramped up in the last maybe 50 years or so. But it was repeated many times in many different parts of the world. And for the most part, came back with very very similar results i mean it's got to have a psychological impact on the people like that think they killed somebody like, right that's well a lot. actually did they did they learn not. afterward that it was fake yes or, okay, yes they, absolutely they don't just go through life so the the milgram shock experiment raised many questions about uh, research ethics of experimentation because of the extreme emotional stress suffered by the participants right the people right. that think that they shocked this guy to death um 84% of former participants um, in the study yeah. later said that they were glad or very glad to have participated in no the study. Oh, shit. Um, and 15% chose neutral responses. So 92% of all former participants said they were glad, very glad, or neutral uh, to have participated. Wow. That is wild. Many later wrote uh, letters expressing thanks to Milgram. Um, repeatedly, he repeatedly got offers of assistance and requests to join his staff from par from no former participants. Six years later, one of the participants wrote to Milgram, uh, explaining why he was glad to have participated. Wow! And here's here's his an excerpt from that. While I was a subject in 1964, though I believed I was hurting someone, I was totally unaware of why I was doing so. Few people ever realize when they are acting according to their own beliefs. And when they are meekly submitting to authority. Wow. To permit my... This is during the Vietnam War. To permit myself to be drafted with the understanding that I am submitting to authority's demands to do something very wrong would make me frightened of myself. And he goes on to explain <laughs> I, that he is fully prepared to go to a jail if he's not granted conscientious, conscientious objector status in the Vietnam War because of... Milgram's experiment having to do wow. with like what he saw himself do under an authority figure. Oh my god. So, um oh my god. <laughs> for the most part it is generally seen oh as god. a pr as as far as the experimentation procedure goes, it's pretty clean. Uh, as far as like the random the random assignment and and all that stuff, right? Okay. The really the only problem is the, you, the, the ethics of putting right. a subject under so that the, amount of stress. You're saying the validity of the experiment is fine, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> Jesus! Every time, like I know that this exists, but every time we start talking about the specifics, I'm like, fuck, man, this is a lot. This is too much. It's too much. Yeah, that's true. What do you think you'd do? In that situation, yeah. I mean, I'm sure like everybody else, I'd think that I'd stop. No, nah, I think I, I think I stop on the first one. I think I just say <laughs> this is stupid. I'm, I'm Can I have my twenty five bucks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> Andy thinks that he's the only person that the, would. Get I guess. I guess one of the the possible problems with validity uh, would be um, that. There were some people, uh, in I guess, like in the experiment that had a prior idea that it was fake. Oh, uh, well, that's it's, a problem. It's debated. I mean, it's it's give and take, but it's also been replicated in many different places and ways right. and had really the same results. Why? How did they know that it was fake? Um, this is from a journal from 2004. One of the participants at Yale University wrote about his early withdrawal as a teacher, suspicious that the whole experiment was designed to see if Americans would obey immoral orders, as many Germans had done during the Nazi period. So at least one guy that withdrew from the study was like, All right, he literally I think nailed this it. This is about, yeah. Um, well, I guess, I mean, 
it's probably didn't you say it was like around the time that trials were happening? Yes. So it was probably part of the zeitgeist of American t- yeah. yeah. Yeah, to a degree. So that would be the the only question mark as far as like how and it's difficult to s- to look back at and say now, but how many of these participants like genuinely 100% thought that they were inflicting like inflicting this pain on the other person so damn that's the kind of one question mark but i think that for the most part the results like i said with rep with replication over time i i think they kind of hold up personally like that's fucked up (laughs) now it's fucked up (laughs) now (laughs) the the applicability to nazi germany i think doesn't hold up at all you don't think it does no okay Um, why is that so there are a few things that people have written about over uh, the years, the f- what, 60 years since this happened. Okay. Um, again, when they walk in the room, they're assured that in advance that no permanent physical damage would be put onto the other person. Okay. Right? Um, two, we know that there is no motivation of like racism or classism or anything like that in this experiment, right? There's no reason for this subject to walk in and immediately hate the other guy. Right. So in terms of like people carrying out the Holocaust, there that's were definitely an element. Right. There the were amount biases. of like bias and hate towards this other group of people right. that also contributed to doing horrible things right. to them. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um and then the other one that they mention is that the experiment only lasted for an hour. So it's very much, we do this thing, you sit here for an hour, um, you don't have time to reflect on what you're doing over days or years oh, or months. Oh, I see what you're saying. So like, yes, most people in okay. the experiment went all the way, but they didn't have to go home then at night and, and then sleep come back and then the come back and do, and it, do again. it again. I wonder if it gets easier. That would be an interesting one. Uh, I don't know how you do that. Uh, yeah, not ethically. <laughs> no, you, no, you're <laughs> fucking with people for sure. Yeah, it's not good. It is not good. We should try it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. We should. We should. Uh, here's another another um, uh, description about the uh, applicability to the Holocaust from Thomas Blass. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my own view is that Milgram's experiment does not provide a fully adequate explanation to the Holocaust. While it may account for the dutiful destructiveness of the dispassionate bureaucrat who may have shipped Jews to Auschwitz, uh, it fails short when one tries to apply it to more zealous, inventive, and hate-driven atrocities that also characterize the Holocaust. Mm. So he's saying that in terms of like people that weren't personally in the places making, doing things to Jewish people... That might, to some degree, apply to them, but in terms of like your face to face with somebody, mm. not in the other room pushing a button, doesn't really hold up as much. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's our first experiment, Andy. Well, it's fucked up. Yeah, that is fucked up. Uh, we bend to the will of authority. How about that? Yar. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say yar? Yeah. <laughs> Yar indeed. Yar indeed. Yar indeed. Um, it's fucked up, man. I wonder if there were any. Were there any like notes on like were men or women? Uh, or yeah. Age, so, like uh, men and women. Um, I did see the men and women number. I don't know if there's any others, but uh, men and women f- for the most part went to the same degree of. Uh, there's no difference in how far they went. Okay. There was a slight difference in uh visible. Um, like symptoms of of stress okay. among men that and women is interesting. Women showed more visible signs of like um, of of stress or or sweating or shaking or all this other wow. stuff. Um, because they can't handle it. Sure, <laughs> no, it's because okay, it's because um, men are, are taught, taught to mask to their mask emotions. Mem- yeah, that's why. That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> we just solved it. Thanks, man. Uh, so that's the only difference I saw. Or, or I didn't go super in depth, but that's the only one I found in terms of like uh, subgroups. Hmm. All right, 
second experiment. I wonder. Side note. Oh yeah. I wonder if we if we could repeat this today. What the if there would be any discrepancies between? I also thought about this, like verse, like today versus in the sixties. Just yeah. I, first of all, I do think that at the time, like this is this is before we knew that the government exactly, sucks, exactly. Right? That's what I was. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Or what? What I was thinking when we, I we we are more prone to question authority now. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing is, I would be curious, and I don't know what the demographics of the original study were. I'd be curious to see if there were discrepancies between white people and people of color. Sure. Because I think I my hypothesis would be that uh, people that have not, I don't know, that may be less connected to somebody who is on the receiving end of bad treatment. Kay. Like, I think I, my hypothesis would be, this sounds awful, my hypothesis would be that white people would take the experiment further than than people who are in traditionally marginalized classes or groups. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I c- I w- I w- it'd be interesting. But we can't do it. It's not ethical. Oh, we could. <laughs> I think the hardest part, even if you could make it ethical, I think the hardest part is finding 20 people who've never heard of this before. Yeah. <laughs> Are there different versions of this that we could do? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, like like replace the shock thing with a gun? I don't. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, no. I don't, what gun. are you talking about? Paintball. Sure. Like, like every time they get it wrong, they get another paintball in the face. Okay. And by the end, it's just like twenty. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he likes this. <laughs> <laughs> I. We. You must continue. <laughs> Make him eat a taco. Hey, there you go. <laughs> too many tacos. Danger. Too many tacos. Danger. Too many tacos. <laughs> Not to fifty. <laughs> That's oh, a Princess Bride reference. Nice man. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> All right, next experiment. The Stanford Prison Experiment, Andy, okay. which I'm, I know that you know a little I, bit about. I, I'm i glad that you're bringing this up because yeah. I know about it in general. Uh-huh. But can I just uh, posit? Posit. Posit away, my Here's man. Here's what I think. A bunch of dudes participated in this, and some were assigned guard roles and some were assigned prisoner roles, right? Yeah. And didn't it go that the guards, like, just went nuts and just started beating the shit out of the prisoners? Well, they... They weren't allowed to beat the shit out of them, but they abused the prisoners in other ways. Okay. So they were just college kids, right? Uh, I, I actually don't know the specifics of the demographics. They were they were all males. I don't know specific ages or it anything. It was Stanford, right? Yeah, but I mean, there's other people in Palo Alto, California, than just college students. All right, hold on. I'm looking it up. Okay. Um, participants were recruited from the local community with an ad in the newspaper. It, it was a new, it was a newspaper ad to so I don't male know. students who oh, wanted students, to participate. Okay. There you go. Okay, students. Doesn't specify an age though. No, it does not. But that. it was also advertised as a prison experiment. Mm, okay. It was not advertised as a psychological study. It was advertised as a prison experiment. So what was your what were you positing? You're gonna posit something. I. I think that the point, if, and I don't know if I really understand it, all the way, the mm-hmm. design of it, or what the point of it was, or mm-hmm. how it was designed. I really only know have a very surface level understanding. But I feel like the conclusion is always that, like, if you put people in authority positions and don't give them any rules, they are assholes. Mm. I think. That that conclusion might be the opposite. I feel like assholes are f- finding their ways to <laughs> positions of authority more often than not. Okay, because they're more willing to hurt people. Okay, so interesting. But well, I'm curious. I don't know. What really, I know of the study. Right. But please explain. I, every I piece bring. Of it I bring me. this up as as sort of a compliment, but also a very opposite um, example to the Milgram experiment, because okay. we see kind of a similar like like disturbing like uh result i guess of the study but this one is very very widely um uh, discredited basically oh um oh not accepted i didn't know that yeah uh and, and we'll talk a little bit about why that is and maybe you could point out why that is as we go through the the steps of the study but okay um it, it's widely discredited um as far as both the 
um, results. The obviously the ethical ramifications right. as well as the validity of the experiment. Re- okay, so the last one ethically meh, validity, yeah. This one both kind of meh. yeah. Okay. So the Stanford prison experiment was a experiment conducted in 1971 at Stanford University, led and designed by one Philip Zimbardo. Oh Christ, is uh, he Italian? I don't oh, I don't know, no. man. Oh god. He's, he's a fuck-looking motherfucker. He's um, Oh Jesus yeah. Christ. There you go. Oh um, my god. <laughs> Participants from the local community the fuck? He's were Italian. God there you damn go. it. Oh. <laughs> Participants from the local community were recruited with an ad offering $15 a day uh, for male students who wanted to participate in a psychological study of prison life. Um, Mm, Okay. So uh, that's the recruitment. Uh, The prison was built built in the basement of one of the buildings, uh, Jordan Hall at Stanford, Um, and they had, you know, some prison cells, like a hallway, and then some some guard areas. Hmm. Uh, roles were assigned. Um, Zimbardo uh, kind of oversaw the whole thing. He had a one of his students take on the role of the warden, and then they had um, guards and prisoners. I'm gonna say this because yeah. you asked me to do this. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so what did you say? He said that he. What was the? How did he advertise this? It was, it was a study advertised of what? as a study, a psychological study of prison life. R- I feel like right there is a problem. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you're gonna get people who are like, oh, oh. I want to be a fucking guard, right? Or I want to like, like I feel like the people. Oh boy. I don't know. Maybe I'm. No, no, no. Go for it. Yeah. Say it. But if somebody wants to participate in a study of prison life Mm -hmm. and you're, you know, a student at Stanford, you're probably thinking like, hey, hey, that'd be fun to fuck with prisoners. Like they don't see themselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, if these people who want to participate are probably more inclined to abusive behavior. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, many people have written about it. Um, uh, oh no, shit! The selection bias that comes from just that advertisement. Right? Okay, you're not advertising a psychological study. You're advertising a prison experiment. Yeah. So you're more likely uh, to get people that have, like, obviously very preformed notions about what this experiment is going to be, and then also tendencies to authoritarianism exactly authoritarianism like uh, aggression a lot of those things that might lead to people being put in a position of being a prison guard then moving to abuse that power if somebody told me that they in real life if somebody told me that they were a prison guard yeah i would not necessarily assume they were a bad person but if Mm. i met a teenager who said he wanted to grow up and And be be a a prison guard that would be a problem for me exactly so i feel like in this case it's kind of living out that fantasy yeah so okay continue uh there's a they held an orientation the day before the study was to begin it was supposed to be a two-week study 14 days uh of this this prison so they held an orientation the day before for the guards uh where they were given the instructions uh they were not allowed to harm the prisoners physically or withhold food or drink but they were told to maintain law and order outside of that Uh, okay say that again so they they couldn't withhold food or drink correct and they couldn't physically harm them yeah but they had to maintain law and order yeah so d- were they explained like did they get an explanation as to what defined law and order? No. So what were the prisoners doing all day? Just milling about Sitting in their their yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Uh the re- researchers provided guards with wooden batons to establish their status and de-individuating clothing, so uniforms uh as well as mirrored sunglasses to prevent eye contact and create anonymity. So they okay. wanted to create a, a situation where all of the guards looked the same and had some amount of anonymity between themselves. Like you couldn't point out and say, "That's the guard that I don't like." Okay. Versus, you know. Okay. Um. 
Which is not how real life prison works. No, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, guards were instructed to refer to prisoners by their number rather than their name. Okay. That was an instruction. Uh, and then, yeah, that's about it. So for the all the instructions are dehumanizing everything. Yeah. W- what was the point of the experiment then? The point of the experiment was to see. Um, sorry, give me one second here. Like, what are we even studying? Because this isn't a study on prison life. It's a good this question. This is a study it's on a stu- dehumanization. It's a study on de-individualization, basically. So are people more likely to hurt other people if they feel that they are anonymous and the person receiving the punishment is not a person? Yes. Yeah, no shit that's going to happen. Yeah. So even in, as we were talking about, the design of the experiment, there's not... It seems a little bit of overkill it, for what this really wants to study. Yeah, it feels like the guy wanted them to hurt each other. Yeah, you could make that argument. Okay. Um, let's see here. No, let me rephrase that. It it seems like the guy created a scenario where he l- gave the guards all of the tools and and psychological ammunition to hurt them and then said don't Mm -hmm. so maybe the experiment was do they do they get so lost in the study and their own quote-unquote authority that they break the rules Mm -hmm. maybe that was the study i don't know because that's what happened right didn't they end up breaking the rules and hurting people um no no okay uh so here's here's the timeline uh, I've got the just oh, the shit. breakdown of kind of what happened here. Uh, so the, or across the two weeks, is this what you're talking? Oh, about? it didn't last the whole two weeks. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. No. They had to stop it after six days. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what happened? Well, here we go. Well, give me the time. Uh, day one, the participants who had been assigned prisoner roles were arrested, mock arrested by local Palo Alto police at their homes or assigned sti- sites. They were intentionally not informed they would be arrested as they wanted to come as a surprise. This okay. itself was a breach of the ethics contract that they had signed um, because that wasn't part of the fucking contract they signed. Um, the wow. arrest involved charging them with armed robbery and bur- burglary. The Palo Alto Police Department is, it assisted Zimbardo's team with the simulated arrests, conduct full booking procedures... Um, they were fingerprinted, bug shots, all that stuff, and then they were transported to the mock prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is day one. Anything else in day one? Prisoners were greeted by the warden, who conveyed the seriousness of their offense to their n- and their new status as prisoners with the rules of the prisons presented to them. The inmates went to their cells for the rest of the day. Day two. Okay, so they've already been dehumanized and made uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, they were ripped from their homes. Yeah. This is fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Uh, day two, at 2.30 a.m., the prisoners, a group of prisoners rebelled against the guards' wake-up calls of whistles and clanging of batons. Wait, prisoners wait, 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 wait. So the, so the guards at 2.30 a.m.? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't have reasons for all this shit, man. Um, prisoners refused to leave their cells to eat in the yard, ripped off their inmate number tags, took off their stocking caps, and insult- insulted the guards. In response, the guards sprayed fire extinguishers at the prisoners to reassert control. Jesus. Um, the three backup guards were called in to regain control. Guards removed all of the prisoners' clothes, removed mattresses, and sentenced the main instigators to time in the hole. Oh, my God. They did have a spot for solitary uh, in the simulated prison. They attempted to dissuade any further rebellion using psychological warfare. One of the guards said to the other that, quote, these are dangerous prisoners. My God. This is day two? That's day two. Day three. Um, the guards separated and reward prisoners who had minor roles in the re- in the rebellion. Um, the, th- the three of them that were uh, identified as having, as not, contributing as much in the rebellion were sent to the good cell where they received clothing beds jesus uh, christ and, and some extra food okay so hold on so they they took the beds and their clothes on day two yeah okay so yeah. they're naked yeah fuck um 
After 12 hours, those three were returned to their old cells that lacked the beds. Uh, Guards were allowed to abuse their power to humiliate the inmates. They had the prisoners count off and do push-ups arbitrarily, restricted access to the bathroom, and forced them to relieve themselves in a bucket in their cells. Why? What the hell? I don't know. Power trip. There was a rebellion. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, so it sounded like... Okay, so day two, bunch of college kids who are like, wow, we haven't gotten to do anything yet. Man, Let's make them wake up at 2.30. And then they yeah. didn't want to because they're like, fuck off. This is an experiment. Let us just sleep. Yeah. And then they just took it way too far. Yep. Okay. Um. Also on day three, we have our first quit. Prisoner 8612 is the first to uh, leave the experiment. He had an apparent mental breakdown in which he yells, Jesus Christ, I'm burning up inside. I can't stand another night. I just can't take it anymore. Upon seeing his suffering, a uh, research assistant released him from the experiment. In a 2017 interview, the uh, guy that, uh, quote, had the mental breakdown said that it was fake and he only did that so he could leave um, the experiment and return to studying for his <laughs> graduate exam. <laughs> okay. Because originally he thought that he would have been able to study for his exam while imprisoned because he's a college student and this is going to take 14 days. Right. I don't know what they expect. Right, because he thinks, oh, what do you do in prison? You read, right? Like yeah. You just sit there and, yeah. Um, so he's released on day three. Day four. Um, prisoners start to distance themselves from one another because they saw that the guards provided rewards for good behavior um there is a lot of blaming between the prisoners um one of the prisoners started showing symptoms of distress he became crying in his cell a priest was brought in to speak to him but the young man declined to talk and instead asked for a medical doctor uh zimbardo reassured him of his actual identity and removed the prisoner from the experiment when he was leaving the guards cajoled the remaining inmates to loudly and repeatedly decry that he did a bad thing. Oh, my God. Um, so that's day four. Day so wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So this guy actually had a mental breakdown. Like, this sounds yeah, like... Seems so he like forgot it. who he was and says, I need a fucking Maybe doctor. Maybe not forgot, but, like, was definitely having, like, a crisis. Jesus. Yep. Day five. Day five was scheduled for visitations by friends and family of the inmates in order to simulate the prison experiments. Zimbardo and the guards made visitors wait for long periods of time to see their loved ones. Only two visitors could see any one prisoner for just ten minutes. So a ten-minute limit, only two people can come visit. Uh Parents grew concerned about their son's well-being and whether they had enough to eat. Some parents were left with plans to contact lawyers to gain an early release for their children. Um, on the same day, uh, some of Zimbardo's colleagues came to check out the experiment and see kind of how everything was going. Uh-huh. And they're and like, holy they're shit. They're like, holy shit. <laughs> the, and they questioned him about what the independent variable of the research okay, was. Okay, so <laughs> what are we doing? What are you studying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um... Uh, Another one of his colleagues visited the prison that night and was distressed after observing the guards abusing the prisoners, forcing them to wear bags over their heads. Jesus Christ. She challenged Zimbardo about his lack of caring oversight and the immorality of the study. Finally, she made evident to Zimbardo that he had been changed by his role as the superintendent of this prison. Oh, my God. Um, And her direct challenges prompted Zimbardo to end the experiment the next day. Oh, my God. So really only lasted five days. Yeah, day six is the whole thing ending. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean... Here, let me do this. According to Zimbardo... This demonstrated that the simulated prison, uh, rather than individual personality traits, caused the behavior. Using, um, he says, the, the results are compatible to those of the Milgram experiment, um, which we just talked about. Right. Uh, others have posited that the guards assumed leadership roles due to encouragement from the researchers rather than conforming to the situation. So one of the other problems here is that a lot of people suggest that a lot of the guards' actions were encouraged or 
prompted by the runners of the experiment. Right. So that's what Zimbardo is saying here. He's like, this is just a Milgram experiment. I'm the experimenter. I told these people to hurt these other people, and they did. Yeah. But it wasn't, there was, there were no actors here, is the problem. People were actually getting hurt. They were also aware that they were being watched and observed constantly through cameras and, and like observation. Um, Okay. Which may have also made them, quote unquote, conform to what the ideas of what they thought they were, the experimenters were looking for. Okay. So what happens on the last day? Like, did they just like release everybody and pretend like nothing happened? (laughs) Uh, Pretty much. Uh, Zimbardo ended the study on day six. He gathered the participants to let them know the experiment was over. And he arranged to pay them for the six days of the experiment that they did. Uh, he then met for several hours of informed debriefing with all of the prisoners and Jesus. then with all of the guards. He's like, and by the way, your name is Joe. Remember, <laughs> yeah. your name is Joe. Next, our participants were asked to complete a personal retrospective to be mailed to him later, and they were all invited to return a week later to share their opinions and emotions. Okay, did they? Um, let's see. Oh my god! Uh, I don't know. I don't have that on here right now. It's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. Yeah, I don't have anything about the. I mean, I mean, that's all compiled into his final presentation, I guess. So, I I don't have any specifics on those. Whew, okay. So, it seems like the other problem. I I'll bring up one more problem with this okay. this experiment, and and this is after the fact, but the publication. Uh, methods of this were uh, kind of sketchy as well. The what? So the what publication, okay. like the way he published his findings. Um, so he usually a major psychological publication would go through um, the American Psychological Association's journal, which was right, like the American Psychology. The APA, yeah. Um, his um, findings were first published. In the Naval Research Reviews, um, which mm-hmm. is through the Navy, right, and then through the New York Times Magazine. So his results were first published to the New York Times Magazine without undergoing the serious peer, review. peer reviewing that okay. the APA would have gone through. Okay. Wow, yeah, obviously a problem. So this gets out there as kind of a widespread, like, story and Mm. this is what he found before it's been you know criticized and what we just did okay right look at the methods and all so it seems like zimbardo just wanted to fuck with people like this doesn't we didn't learn anything here if his conclusion is that guards are abusive in prisons because they're guards in prisons like the everything that he did exacerbated and falsified the actual prison ex- experience, right? Yeah. And also, like, do we know about the... Okay, so I said earlier, like, the people who are wanting to be guards are probably not good people. Did all the guards do bad shit? Like, was it oh, consistent? Oh, I don't know. I, like, in the experiment? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. At least they were all part of the group, like... Maybe not individually, but as a okay. group, so they, they decided to, the to do. Dining. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's fucked up. All right. Fucked so up. those are two fun psychological. I'm experiments. worried about the Hi, game. Andy. I don't know if I want to do a game. I'm. <laughs> you scared. don't think you want to do a game? This this is. I mean, this is kind of a. It's not like a classic Nathan game. So it, I gotta get you want to play a game, Andy? Okay, I'll play a game. Okay. Um, Please don't hurt me. Today's game is called. <laughs> what's that? Okay. All right. <laughs> and I looked to my right, and oh my god. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of psychological experiments, okay. Today we're gonna have Andy take one of the more famous psychological tests. Oh Jesus! Christ. Uh, you heard of the Rorschach ink plot test? Yeah, I don't know why this Rorschach guy keeps showing me p- pictures of my divorced parents, but. <laughs> 
That's <laughs> really funny. I've never, I, my parents were <laughs> together. That's, that's okay. That's really funny, though. Okay. So I'm going to show Andy. Uh, there are, so the Rorschach ink blot <laughs> test, everybody, everybody knows it. They, there's, um, it was created by Herman Rorschach, who is a Swiss psychologist in like the early 1900s. He was also kind of an artist. Uh, so he created these images, which are have survived through, you know, decades, decades. of of being used in uh, psychological diagno- diagnosis and kind of identification of personality traits. Yep. Um, just from looking at an ink blot and s- saying, "Oh, I see this." Um, so we're gonna have Andy look at the ten uh, standard Rorschach ink blots. And see what he sees. I if you, you if you want to follow buddy. along, if you want to uh, look at these yourself, you can go to Rorschach.org. <laughs> That's where I'm at. They have the the ten uh, ink blots created by Rorschach himself, uh, along with just a uh, not a very detailed description of um, what these things mean. Because to accurately interpret them, you need a lot more information. Just like as a psychologist, mm. so there's not just a a standard. Okay, cut and dry. You see this. This you have this disease. Like, not quite. Okay. You need, there's a little more nuance to that. But okay. uh, we're just gonna go through and see what Andy sees on I'd here. I'd love so, to uh, follow along if you want. Look up the the ten ink blots. We're gonna go from one to ten here. So, here is our first ink blot, Andy. Okay. This is card number one. I see. Now I'm gonna actually try and do this seriously, just to see what happens. Is yeah. there a time limit on here? Do I have to do this in a certain uh, amount of time? I don't know. Okay. Thirty seconds. Um, I see uh birds. Okay. On either side, um, the thing in the middle is kind of like, uh, like bulbous. I don't know. Kinda bulbous. Re- yeah, it kind of reminds me. I don't know. Like the front of it kind of reminds me of a beetle. Okay. So yeah. I, I can see, see birds that. and a beetle in the middle. Okay. That's what I, I see. see jack o' lantern right here. Oh personally. yeah, I didn't even. Okay. Uh, popular responses include uh, bat, butterfly, and moth. I see where you're getting the birds though. Uh, this card is a relatively easy one in the series with much of any associated stress in dealing with it being trying to understand how to conduct a new task. Okay, so it's nothing. Not, not really. It's just All to right, get this one. Black card number Ooh. two. Okay, so um, there's some red. And I, I have a very distinct idea. So of it looks like is, two personally. elephants that are like wrapping their trunks together. Okay. But the two red things on top look like faces facing each other. It's kind of mm. creepy. Okay. So, I don't know, maybe spirituality here. So you're saying mostly elephants? Uh, elephants in the ink, but the top? Do, I mean, gotcha. it does. It looks like big faces. For me, this is two guys high-fiving. Oh, uh, okay. And those are the faces. But uh, popular response is two humans, uh, four-legged animals such as a dog, elephant, or bear, which we have the, okay. the elephant here. Many subjects interpret the red in this one as blood, which can display how the subject might respond to feelings of anger or physical harm. Okay. <laughs> Some also associate the blood with power and have sexual responses to the card. Oh, shit. That's one I sexy, know, sexy, sexy card. Yeah, All right, card number three. Um, oh, these are two French waiters. <laughs> <laughs> Um, with their asses out, yeah, yeah okay. face down, ass up. That's the way we. That's the way we like to wait. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it looks like um, two guys like leaning down to pick up something heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're slender, um, with a red butterfly in the middle. I guess. Yeah, I guess I so. Uh, responses to people. Responses to this card can show if people have struggles in managing social settings and how they interact with others. I don't understand. I don't understand how they're getting conclusions from the things that I would say here. So, based on like the kind of category of thing that you say, okay. they can make oh, uh, like interpretations. I was, I was like, it looks like two. It looks like mommy and daddy fighting <laughs> over me. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> okay. Sure. Okay. Or if you're like, oh, that I mean, that's tits. That's that's. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> All right. Card number four. Oh, that is horrifying. Uh, that um, one's that one's kind of spooky. It looks like a giant that's looming over me. Kind of moth-ish figure. Okay. Um, yeah. It looks like the Moth Man went to hell. That's rough, man. That <laughs> is that is actually kind of spooky. It says popular responses here: animal hide, skin rug, animal skin. Oh, okay. Well, that actually okay. They found some shit out about me in this <laughs> one because I did not respond. The like dark that. color of this blot can pose difficulty for depressed subjects. 
The face appears to be looking downward, which makes it look like one is looking up at an imposing okay, monster. Okay, I said that. Yeah. Uh, to understand how one responds to uh, that to understand like how one responds to authority, the card is perceived as being associated with a male figure. This is called the father card. Oh, sometimes. okay, okay, that I understand. Like if they're like it looks like a male figure that's looking down on me. If they say he, yeah. during that, then I'm like, and the the study or could be like, ooh, they associate male right. authority. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Now we're getting into the interesting ones. Um, right. Number five. Okay. Well, it looks like a rabbit in the middle. Um, oh, okay. But to the sides, maybe people laying on their side, like, like with the legs sticking out to the right and the left. Interesting. But facing away. I don't see any faces, so it looks like I'm looking at people. Gotcha. Backs. This is standard butterfly to me. Okay. It just looks like a butterfly. Okay. Popular response is bat, bl- butterfly, moth. Uh, this card is viewed as a transition card that doesn't typically evoke strong emotional responses. Topic is usually seen as non-threatening and indicate a change of pace where okay. the test will become easier. Okay. Block number six. Um, interesting. So immediately, this kind of looks like a holy. S- when you were scrolling down, it looks like a holy symbol. Like the top kind of looks like a cross. Mm-hmm. Um, with like whiskers. I don't know. Oh, I um, d- yeah. Because I when I saw this, I thought, well, this is some. This looks like a snout. Like oh, this top part. Okay, sure. But like, I don't know what the rest of well, this. Well, it looks is. like the Pokemon Cloister. Uh huh. Um, I mean, we're all thinking it. I'm just gonna say it. That kind of looks like a vagina. <laughs> okay, we'll see if this uh, if that comes up here. Uh, animals, uh, animal hide, animal skin, skin rug. While the core interpretation is similar to card four, the texture of this plot stands out as a stronger feature. This can elicit associations. This can elicit associations related to interpersonal closeness, and it is associated with sex more than any of the other cards. Yeah, there you I go. Mean, yeah. Card number seven. Okay. These are two rabbits who are like w- like touching butts and their arms are out in front of them, but they're looking back at each other and being like, hey, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I see two rabbits here. And, gotcha. And they're like walking away from each other. Um, human heads, faces, heads of women or children are okay. the popular responses. Rabbits. To me, this is, yeah, this is like classic a, like rabbit. A feminine. And like a Victorian. But I, see, I see the rabbit for sure, but like a Victorian woman's head. Uh, okay. This card can be associated with femininity, and it functions as the mother card. If a person struggles to respond to this card, it could indicate that one has difficulty with female Aww, figures. Interesting. So I call it rabbits. Uh, <laughs> In some cases, the block can be associated with a vagina relating to female sexuality. Oh, this one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. Okay. Card number eight. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, this is very clearly uh, two beavers two beavers climbing okay. up um a tower oh okay gotcha um, it's the more colorful of them yeah this one has a lot more color um yeah i it looks like two like like yeah beaver type animals on the far right i have no association with what's going on in the middle here yep um, pink four-legged animal some animal other than a cat so that's what you had here yeah an animal on the side uh the color in this card brings them brightens the mood uh, the change in color also creates a perceived change of pace, though adding color to the card along with additional details can overwhelm people who struggle to cope with complex situations. Okay. Oh, I said I have no nothing for the middle part there. Yeah. Um, Number nine. So we've got two more. Okay. Uh, so it looks like um, the top is like fiery, just like in the way that the color and the and the blot is there. Yeah. Um, it kind of looks like there's like a chalice or something in the middle. Like here? Oh, okay. You see the... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that at first. Um, and there's a little symbol at the bottom that kind of looks like a sword. Gotcha. See that right there? Okay. Kind of looks like a sword. Yeah. Um, it seems like it could represent like the layers of the earth, like sun, and then okay, blue yeah, surface, and then I don't know, red under. I don't know. It says popular response is human. Okay. I didn't. I didn't what? get that at all. I don't know. Uh, this card is generally vague, uh, relying on diffuse, muted, chromatic features in an indistinct form. This means any people struggle that means many people struggle with finding anything specific of note though if a subject does have difficulty processing this card to generate a response it can indicate trouble dealing with an unstructured with unstructured wow data. i mean i fucking killed that yeah, you created I'm a lot of very, structure there very well adjusted this looks like a moose to me okay um, sure so and you just love I'm brother at. bear that's the <laughs> that's what we get from that all right last one this is a uh, very complex okay. card um seahorses 
Angels. Where's, um, the, where, where's the Angels you're talking about? I don't know. Just like the blobs just, that okay, seem just to be floating. Um, but this looks like the like the seahorse. This looks like a seahorse. Um, you know the dragony type ones mm-hmm. that kind of float around. Yep. I most seahorses float around. But yeah, I'm getting a lot of seahorses in this. I'm getting a lot of just like sea creature vibes yeah. here. Just overall. Yep. Crab, lobster, blue spider, rabbit head, worms, snakes, caterpillars. Okay. Subjects are aware this card is the last one, so it may give them an opportunity to reel anything they wanted to state but failed to state thus far. Oh, interesting. Complexity of it may overwhelm some people who cannot manage significant concurrent stimuli. Hmm. So there you go. There's your Rorschach test, buddy. I, I think... Yeah, I'm sure I would talking, uh, going through this with a with a actual psychologist would be more beneficial. I than don't me, know. I, is this a is this a very like well received test? Like so. So the here's the thing. Here's here's the thing with this. Uh, Herman Rorschach, who developed it, yeah. took meticulous data about this and used it with thousands of people. Okay, and he was able to pretty accurately use this to diagnose some. Um, uh, mental conditions okay uh and identify personality traits okay he died about a year or two after like publishing his data on this Mm -hmm. so he wasn't able to develop it further from his death it was very widespread throughout the world uh and kind of got overblown in terms of like the use of it yeah without proper interpretation okay I feel like so you're not going to learn anything by administering this test that you wouldn't eventually learn through typical therapeutic sessions, right? Potentially, okay. yeah. I mean, this can be a tool to identify things that maybe didn't come out or maybe were hard to specifically put a pin in, like, this is what's going on. Well, okay, but, like, the father figure thing. Sure. You could something look at that. like that probably would right. certainly come out much earlier, right? But like the rabbits, like I don't know. But right. if we're talking about like mental conditions, right? But uh, so this was used to diagnose mental conditions. Yes. Like what? Like schizophrenia? I I don't know specifically. I didn't. Uh, this was just the game, oh, so shit. I didn't right. go into sorry, super sorry, detail. Sorry, 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 sorry. This is on a game. what it was. Hey, we play games here at Topical. But he he had a a huge like catalog of what certain types of responses on certain cards meant and led to and they went back in 2013 and kind of re-dug up a lot of his data and said that it's yeah it's still fairly accurate at wow doing a lot of that stuff if it's administered correctly and not just like what, uh, do, you what do you see a, what do you see here a rabbit or a bear like it's supposed to be open-ended people say that people are like morons. i don't know like this has also become a lot more of like I can literally just Google the Rorschach ink blob test and I can see all ten of them. Okay. Beforehand, like it's more useful as a tool that like you haven't seen these things before. Right. In your first fifteen seconds of looking at them, what do you notice? Gotcha. So that's all. Interesting. Okay. Well, that was fascinating. Thanks, man. Um, Hope you enjoyed that educational episode well, of Topical Brings. And what else is fascinating? Our email. <laughs> <laughs> well, our Twitter account's at Topical Breeze. Our email is, G- uh, I almost said Gmail. Our email is topicalbreezepod at gmail.com. So you can uh, find all your, t- uh, your, your, your needs there. All um, your needs. All of them. Yeah, we satisfy, just like uh-huh. Snickers. Um, oh. <laughs> We're not like snakes. <laughs> we satisfy in a different way. Yeah, that's about all I got. Nice. Hey, so, well, that's what we got. That's what you came here for. Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Nathan. Yo, ho, ho. And a bottle. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Bye. We go torture some people. We go torture some prisoners. <laughs> <laughs>